never schooled you in trees. That's never going to happen. It'll happen one day. No. Welcome back to Tremendous. Holiday edition. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell, rock. (laughs) What are we talking about today? Christmas trees and poinsettias and mistletoe and all the jolly holly plant material that comes around during the holidays. What are, What is your favorite holiday plant material? For Christmas? Or just, oh wait, no, just any holiday plant material? We'll say any holiday plant material, uh, but then also like a Christmas-specific one. Okay, Christmas-specific, it's going to be the tree. I just love a good Christmas tree. You do. I love Charlie Brown trees, or I love the really full ones. I love when trees are just like ginormous. What about my sad little fake Christmas tree? We can talk about it yeah, later. you're not a fan of it. No, you? I'm not. No. I told you I would sneak one into the apartment for you. I'll have you know it was free. Nice. Okay. I'm back <laughs> right? on board. It's hard to argue with that. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Christmas tree is my top tier plant material for holidays. Well, that's good because that's where we're going to be starting out today. Awesome. I got a little bit of info for you about the Christmas tree. And okay. I know you've got some facts for me about Christmas trees. Yes. So let's just start with a brief history. Okay. Before uh, Christianity and the trees were associated with Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. and christians uh ancient peoples hung evergreen boughs bows boughs boughs evergreen boughs over their doors and windows oh uh it was believed in many countries that evergreens would keep away witches ghosts evil spirits illness because it smells so good no <laughs> i mean it could be it does smell really good it smells yeah. very holistic mm-hmm. you know like very earthy just very natural very soothing i love the smell um, so that's what it was. It was a way to ward off evil. Okay. Uh, back in the day. So that's like garland almost, like yeah. on top of the doorways. Yeah, yeah, like a wreath, uh, garland, yeah, hanging from the, mm-hmm. the doorways, the roofs, windows, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until the mid-16th century when Germany, devout Christians, uh, started bringing trees into their homes. Yeah. Uh, and that's where the modern-day Christmas tree originated. It's kind of a weird practice to, like, Cut a tree down and then bring it into and your bring home. bring it inside. Yeah. Yeah. It's and interesting. Knowing that you're not going to keep it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, normally you bring plants and stuff inside because you like them and they're meant to stay there. And live. But this tradition is nowadays like two months long. Yeah. But originally like two weeks you would just um, bring this tree in for. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a weird thing. I guess it's just like a bouquet of flowers. Yeah, a little more intense though. Yeah, I would say giant tree. Yeah, be even weirder uh, than that is when they couldn't find trees or couldn't uh, source them or afford them, they would build pyramids out of wood and then decorate them with evergreens and candles. Okay. See, I know you know a bit of history about candles. Yeah, they used to put candles on Christmas trees. Do you know why? Because they didn't have light bulbs. I don't know. Uh, That's part of the reason. Okay. So, um. I wish I wrote down who this man was. Yeah. Uh, but his name was Martin Luther, and he's not mm-hmm. that Martin Luther. Yes. Um, he was German in the 16th century. Uh, and one winter evening, he was walking home, and he was inspired by the look of the stars twinkling amongst the evergreens in the forest. Oh. And he wanted to recreate that look inside his home for his family. So he went right to Bath and Body Works. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You got some good scented candles, yes. some three wicks. <laughs> but yeah, it was him. Who put the who put the candles on the tree first? 
Martin Luther. Yeah. Was a man's name. Wow. Mid uh, 16th century German man. Really bad fire hazard. Extremely bad fire hazard. Uh, like, yeah. But that's what it was. Okay. It was the night sky amongst the forest that he wanted to recreate. I get it. Yeah. It's beautiful, isn't it? Like, we see it a lot up here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. The evergreens and the stars. And that's kind of where the tradition of Christmas trees started, and it evolved from there, mainly in Europe. It wasn't actually until the 1830s that Christmas trees found their way into North American homes. Mm-hmm. And it was started by German settlers uh, who, have re- who had relocated to Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Which is like the birthplace of America. Yes. Colonizer town. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need to go into a, uh, a tirade on colonizers. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever had a live Christmas tree? I don't think I've ever had a live Christmas tree. That is so sad. I think we've always had fake trees, and I think we actually had the same fake tree my entire childhood. Yeah, do you think it's still around somewhere? It's in a landfill for sure. Oh, yeah. Not broken down. Nope. It's just just sitting form, covered in garbage. We've always had a real tree in my house. Like, it would confuse me that people would have fake trees. But there's, like, legitimate reasons to have fake trees. Like, if you have allergies and stuff like that. That's a big That one. I get. Another one is fire hazards. Like, in this building, we're not allowed real trees because it's too yeah. much of a fire hazard. It is fire hazard if you don't do the proper steps. Proper care and steps, yeah. I feel like ever since my family moved to Florida, I've been, like, extra, like, fire hazardy. Like, at the house, I'm like... We're not doing that because I'm not burning the house down. Because you're the one in charge now? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, this house is not burning down on my watch. Did you take any steps when putting up your tree? Uh, well, I, I gave it a fresh cut immediately and then put warm water in it. And that helps the tree initially soak up the water. And oh. then you that, and I also check the water twice a day, once in the morning and once in the Just evening. Just to make sure it's not drying out? Yeah. I always fill it. It's still drinking water and I've had it up for um, at least a week, five. I think. Yeah, a week Something already. Like and also, like, the placement of your tree is really important. So right now, mine's next to the fireplace, but we have a rule. No fires in the fireplace until the tree's out of the house. That makes sense. It's And also, like, I'm keeping an eye on the needles to notice if they're, like, coming off already. Do you know what kind of tree you have? I have a noble fir. A noble fir. Yeah. So I made a list of uh, the top 10 most common Christmas trees. I bet that one's number one. It's not. What? It's number one, two, three, four. Oh, whoa. This is the one I'm most familiar with, so. Do you remember, like, getting the same one every year? Or, like, have you switched up your type? No, I think it's usually the same one every year, like, the same style. Because I've seen other families' Christmas trees where they have, like, some that are, like, more compact and, like, the needles lay differently and it's a different type. Different types of trees, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't know. I always thought a Christmas tree was just a pine tree. No. And that's not the case. Your Christmas tree could really be any tree. It could. It could. Imagine a palm tree Christmas tree. Yeah, it's Florida, man. Oh, that sounds like heaven apart from the heat. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that hot in Florida this time of year, but what is the number one type of Christmas tree? The number one type is a balsam fir. Okay, that's the one that smells really good. That's the one they make all that's of candles. That's what it says. Yeah, because that's what all the candles are scented after. Balsam fir. It has a really strong scent and oh, so a really symmetrical shape. Oh, okay. Um, but on the flip side, its branches are flexible, so it's not really ideal for heavy ornaments. You can't okay. hang too much from it. Yeah, I get that. The one I have is a little floppy right now, but it's all good. Well, we'll get down there. Lowly number four. Mm-hmm. Should we keep going with the, the top ten list? 
Sure. Okay. Yeah. Number two, any guesses? No, I have no idea. Uh, number two is a Douglas fir. Douglas fir, really? Yeah. You knew a little bit about the the balsam fir. Do you know anything about the Douglas fir? Douglas fir is native to our area, and that's about all I know. You know, I didn't have that written down, but uh-huh. I did know that. Yeah, people talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's number two because it's easy to find. Oh, okay. It's, it's very, you know, mm-hmm. available. I want to say a lot of the Christmas trees that are bought across North America are from our region. Like a lot of them are cut down in like Oregon or whatever and then shipped out. Uh, I don't know about that, but I do know that Christmas trees are grown in every state and province in North America, Whoa. including Hawaii and Alaska. What? Yeah, everywhere oh. can grow Christmas trees. That's pretty cool. I don't know that they can all grow the all the same right. types. Yeah. Um, but they can all grow some kind of Christmas tree. Cool. Yeah. In addition to being easy to find, the Douglas fir also has soft needles. Mm-hmm. It says it has a very sweet scent. Mm-hmm. It's affordable, and okay. it rarely drops its needles. Oh, it that's holds interesting. Onto them very well. Um, but as as well as the balsam fir is not great for heavy ornaments, and it is a shorter tree. Okay. So if you're going for the big majestic look, maybe mm-hmm. maybe don't get a Douglas fir. One day I'll have very large ceilings or very high ceilings, and I can get a very large tree in my house. I really wish uh, it was the third one down so I could just say, speaking of really high ceilings, uh, <laughs> there is a tree suited to that, but it's out of order, so we're not going to okay. go straight to it. Uh, Let me hear number three. The third in the list. Any ideas? No, I have no idea. All I know is Noble and Frasier. Oh, well, that is number three. Is it? Yeah. Frasier? Fur? Fraser. 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 Fra- <laughs> okay. The fur? Yes, the fur. It's, it's not a TV show set in Seattle. Frage, okay, forget it. Just talk about it. (laughs) Uh, It's the third most common Christmas tree. Again, very fragrant. Mm -hmm. This one has strong branches, so it's good for lots of ornaments or heavy ornaments. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also holds its needles very well. Okay, so ideal. It is ideal. However, it's quite a dense tree, and it's got a very compact shape. Oh, so think okay. tall and skinny rather than that's probably why it can hold all those really yeah. heavy ornaments because yeah. it's so all, like, it's got compact. The, yeah the center of gravity is all together i kind of had like not an empty spot in my tree this year but kind of like a spot and i had these really giant ornaments but they are plastic so they're super light so i have one oh, giant ornament in my tree and this like empty <laughs> spot is so funny empty spots in trees are really frustrating they are but if you think about like if you find the perfect tree, but it has an empty spot, you just position that to the back where if it's sitting up against the wall. Just turn it around. Yeah, because never. Don't body shame the tree. No, rarely is your tree ever sitting in the middle of the room where you see all sides of it. Usually it's up it's against the wall. It's usually in a corner. Yeah. yeah. Mine's in a corner and there are no ornaments on the backside because I ran out of ornaments. I think that's we, how we always did it too. Yeah. We always put it in a corner and then it was like, oh, we only have to decorate two thirds of the tree thing. Exactly. Because we had a really big fake one. We also had like mm-hmm. high uh, cabin style ceilings, like yeah. pyramidy indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really high up, but always had empty spots in it. Okay. Empty spots are such, they're a nightmare with a fake tree because you have to constantly be like peeling them apart and trying yeah. to get the right coverage. But mm-hmm. with a real tree, you can't do that right you're just stuck with the empty spot yeah exactly because like we have two artificial trees that we use in the store to hold our ornaments during the holidays and every year i'm the one who fluffs them out so i'm always like it has to be perfect right and it take a lot of time and i lose needles but i get what you're saying yeah it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. such a pain in the ass those blank spots i know right (laughs) 
uh, cruising right along. Where were we? Number four? Yes. Number four is what I have. I want to ask you to guess what it is, but you've already said you don't know any of the other ones on the list. Uh, it's the noble fur. No, the noble fur is what I have. Remember? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Oh, my God. He wasn't here five minutes ago <laughs> in the podcast, guys. <laughs> I'm falling asleep at the wheel. Yeah. So a noble fur is the type of Christmas tree I have this year, and it's usually the one that we always buy. Um, well, it's a good treat. It lasts the entire season. Okay. Uh, it has a very classic Christmas tree look, very pyramid-y mm-hmm. with a wide base. Yeah. And it's good for heavy ornaments. Okay. Uh, yours didn't sound like it was, so maybe you got a bad noble fur. I think, I don't know. It was just like the, it was not as full, so the branches were really wide, but they're like flopped down a little uh-huh. bit. Uh-huh. It does say it has shorter branches and shorter needles. So like it was just not holding the things right, but it's fine. If it just falls, I just kind of tuck it in. <laughs> My Christmas tree is very cute this year. We should attach a photo. Okay, yeah, let's put a photo on okay. it. But I was we're gonna, good. <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. I was just gonna see, guess one of your favorite snacks is actually something that I we used to use to decorate our Christmas tree with. The popcorn. Yeah, it's like popcorn on a string. Yes. Yeah. On a tree, yeah. isn't that amazing? I love it so much. A popcorn strand on a Christmas tree. I think it's so cute. I would rather just eat the popcorn. I know. I wouldn't it's try eating buttered. it after Christmas. No, yeah, it's not <laughs> buttered. It's stale. But it looks cute? Yeah. Is it like the candy popcorn, so it's multiple colors? Or is no, it just like regular it, white popcorn? It's white popcorn. Did you make it yourself? No, I didn't make it this year because I'm lazy and it takes so long to string it. And we have a kitty in the house. But you have made it? Mm-hmm. Oh. All right, it well, next forever. year. Are the first year we have a Christmas tree together that's our Christmas tree. I hope it's next year. Yes. So next year when we next have a Christmas year. tree, All that's right. our Christmas tree. Goal number one for 2020. Popcorn strand. I would say sharing a Christmas tree. Okay. You know, yeah. maybe start a little, like one thing at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sneaking a Christmas tree in here then. Oh. It, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Tune back 2020 December. <laughs> we'll let you know. Yeah. All right. Well, then properly cruising down the list this mm-hmm. time into number five is the white fur. Oh, I don't not familiar with this one. Uh, I think when I looked it up, it had multiple names, and I only wrote down white mm-hmm. fur. Um, but it's got kind of a blue green color yeah. to it, mm-hmm. and it's citrus scented. It's Ooh. very sweet. Yeah. Uh, and it has soft needles that don't generally fall off. Okay. But it takes longer to grow, which makes it more it's a more expensive option around the holidays. Mm-hmm. I was I stopped at one spot this year looking for a tree and they had like a list of all the trees they had and Mm -hmm. then the sizes and i found the perfect tree found like the tag it was like a yellow tag or whatever and i go over to the list and it's the most expensive tree on the list it was like 80 bucks and i was like whoa nobody do you know what kind of tree it was no but it was i don't know it was probably somewhere something similar to this white fur yeah I'm more used to like the dark green colors, not like the frosty blues and stuff. Uh, classic Christmas trees. Mm-hmm. Do you think the more not modern, but just different color trees are kind of like cross pollination or do you think they're native somewhere in the world? I think they're native somewhere in the world. And we've just brought them here. Yeah, we have a lot of baby blue spruces for sale at the nursery right now. And they're just like a lighter bluish uh, pine. But they're naturally fur. occurring. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love nature. Me Man, too. nature's the best. Right. All right. So jumping 
down from the white fir is the blue spruce. Blue baby spruce. The first non-fir tree in the list. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been all furs. The top five yeah. are furs. The baby blue is very, it's very blue. Uh, silvery blue. Yeah. From what I read. Mm-hmm. And it also has a very symmetrical shape. And it will hold its needles unless it's too warm out. Oh. And then they'll start to fall off. Interesting. But it's great for heavy ornaments. There we go. Uh, on the flip side of that, unfortunately, it has very sharp needles. So mm-hmm. probably not great if you have pets or kids. Mm-hmm. I noticed that because I had to, I carried one by its pot outside once. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Don't want I had very to unload prickly. the truck of these. So I was like, oh, Ugh. that doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Did it smell bad? No, I don't think so. What I read is that they have a low fragrance. But if the needles break, then they start to emit this really unpleasant odor. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice that at all. And it's a smaller tree. Yeah. So, you know, you're going for a real Christmas tree. You tend to go for the bigger ones. Yeah. As big as you can fit in your space. I feel like we're just so obsessed with having bigger and more that we're really undervaluing the small ones. That speaks to me. (laughs) (laughs) Number seven. Okay. Norway spruce. Oh, I don't. I'm not familiar with Back to back spruces. Yeah. Um. This one has a strong scent and mm-hmm. possibly the most symmetrical shape oh, okay. of all the trees, uh, but it loses needles very easily. Oh, so it's a boo. messy tree, which makes yeah. it not practical to keep indoors. Mm-hmm. Number eight, the white or black hill spruce. Oh, triple spruce, three in a row. Unfortunately, this one has needles that smell like skunks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not that's something why it's you wanna, at the bottom. Not something you want to keep. In your inside house. your house. No more. We're not citrus scented anymore. No, definitely We've not. We've gone way downhill. But it is a strong tree. Oh, so if you can tolerate I don't care. The smell, I don't, it's going to no, hold I, all your ornaments. We will not be having one of these ones. It's kind of bad that the skunk smelling one is at number eight. Mm-hmm. And there's two more worse than it. Okay. Uh, but number nine is the scotch pine. Okay. Um, which is one of the most popular trees in the world. Oh. Uh, it holds its needles. And yeah. It has a long-lasting pine scent, but it has next to no color, and <laughs> it has very commonly has crooked trunks, so it doesn't stay up straight. What's that like diagram where you can only pick two out of the three in the triangle? I don't know what it's called, but I know the diagram. It's like it's like uh, commonly used in uh, the design industry. And it's like, mm-hmm. do you want something fast? Do you want something good, or do you want something cheap? And you can only have two of the three. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like that. Mm-hmm. And then number 10 is the white pine. Okay. Why is it the last one? It has no scent. Okay. It can't hold heavy ornaments. Okay. And it will, the uh, needles will wilt if it's lacking water even a little bit. So like none of the three. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a zero out of three tree. Does not pass the triangle Christmas tree test. But it has soft needles. Okay. That are blue, green in color. Ooh. It doesn't drop the needles. Okay. It's affordable mm-hmm. and it's a very tall tree. Of course it's affordable. No one wants it. Yeah. It's, 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 exactly, it's supply and demand. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> so my question is, do you think it's better to cut down a tree or to have a fake one? What team are you on is what I want to know. I've, oh, I've never had a real tree. So, so I, he's I, never I, lived is what he's saying. I, <laughs> okay, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> But I I think based on that, I'm not allowed to pick real tree. Okay. Because I've never experienced it. You can come over to my place. We'll sit underneath the tree, experience the magic. Can we have like a cinnamon smelling drink? 
Yes. I feel like that just rounds out the whole mold cider Christmas atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We'll put a Yule log on the TV because we're not light in the fireplace. Do you not know? Okay. We... Okay. You, you you win some, you lose some. Triangle. Yeah. It's... <laughs> oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have to ask where you are. I know you're firmly on the team real tree. I am. You don't even look at my little fake Christmas tree. I do. Cutest little Christmas tree you ever did see, but you won't look at it. I look at it, but I talk shit about it in my head. Wow. Behind his back. Guys, it's only like a foot and a half tall. It was free. (laughs) (laughs) It was free because my sister didn't want it in her house anymore. There we go. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just moved into my own apartment. I could use a Christmas tree. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And then I just never got rid of it. And he doesn't put it away after Christmas. Why would you put it away? It's like good. It's holiday decoration. season. Okay. No, 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 no. We've gone off on a tangent. None of, none of these trees are strictly holiday trees. They're evergreens, bitch. Oh, he fucking told me. <laughs> uh. Do you know how many real Christmas trees are sold in the U.S. every year? A lot. Think about every person you know and how they have one in their household on average. You know, not everyone celebrates Christmas. Not everyone has the space for it, but it's a lot. Take a guess. I'm so bad with numbers. Oh, God. I'm going to say six million. You're not even close. What is that? Uh, 25 to 30 million. What the? Real Christmas trees. What? Are cut down each year? Are sold. Well, that means they have to be cut down. Uh, In comparison, about 23 million fake trees are sold every year wait which so more live more cut trees are sold yeah okay uh well fake trees last right yeah you're not most people aren't going out and buying a new fake tree every year yeah that's still a lot so it seems like people are switching to the fake trees yeah more than yeah yeah it's skyrocketing growth it's like 80 percent or something of people use fake trees because those 23 million every year are different 23 million i mean i get it like why would you spend money each year on something you're going to throw away yeah when you could have the same thing but it's like a waste thing too like why would you want something to live in the landfill forever too i mean you keep your fake tree for 50 years yeah and then yeah. what melt it i'm not here to shame fake trees though thrift it thrifting that's a good idea you know continue reusing it gift it, it. To a different family yeah 25 to 30 million real trees every year mm-hmm I don't know why, but that's like hard for me to understand. It's higher than I expected, but also lower than I expected, yeah. if that makes sense. It's like somewhere in the middle where it just doesn't make sense either way. Well, I feel like I need to start planting more trees, you know? Yeah, I feel like we could all plant we, more trees. We have like a negative number going on on the planet. We need to make it positive yeah. instead. So you know this, but Christmas trees take a while to, yeah. ma- to grow and mature. They take a few years, it's I like feel eight like. years or something, yeah, something eight. like that. Um, in the U.S., uh, every year there's close to 350 million Christmas trees growing at oh, any one okay. time. That makes sense. I know that there's been kind of a shortage of trees just like in the past couple of years. And there's also like some type of disease going around causing the inside needles to turn yellow or to dry mm-hmm. out and be bad. So like there's kind of a little bit of a problem going on with like sourcing for trees. Yeah. But so. they, they're able to be grown in every province and state. So, yeah. You know, it's that not ju- like we can't make the effort. It just kind of means that 
the price of Christmas trees might go up soon. That would be unfortunate. Yeah. That's just going to drive more people to fake trees. I know. You know, because they're cheaper and Yeah, convenient. and reusable. Yeah. It's a one-time payment. It's not all sunshine and roses, though, with the fake trees. No. You know? They're made from plastic and oil, which is mm-hmm. very harmful to the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the manufacturing of them releases toxic chemicals into the atmosphere. Oh, okay. Uh, and some of them even have lead added. What? So, yeah, they add, they add lead to stabilize the plastic. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you're bringing this toxic. You don't really want your kids around it. 20 pound thing of plastic into your living room. Yeah. Well, maybe we should talk about the benefits of fake trees. I feel like we just keep talking so much shit about like how negative they are. I mean, what's the benefit? It's cheaper and convenient and reusable. Allergy. Some people are truly allergic to. allergies. Yeah. That's about it. (laughs) Yeah. Some of them come pre-lit and that's pretty cool. What do you mean pre-lit? With lights on it already. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's. Those I, are cool. I get that. Yeah. Or I Putting lo- those lights up is a bitch. Or even. Okay. I have a mini fake one now that I think about it. So I'm. I'm an She's imposter. had a fake Christmas tree this time. It's a white time. one though. It's a tinsel tree. Like kind of like the 60s style tinsel tree. I bought it at Target, so it's not antique or anything. You were the killer this whole time. I know. You were the what one in the hypocrite. Scooby-Doo mask. <laughs> that's all i got okay well i have i want to cover a very important topic so you so you say you buy this cut tree that was once alive a main question is can you compost it so yeah no one can see but i've raised my hand because i know the answer what's the answer you can compost it absolutely so if you were to just throw away your tree in your regular trash, it would take longer to break down. The process is not as good. But if you were to properly compost it, you could get rid of it. Yeah. You return it to the environment. Exactly. Back into the ecosystem. So the short answer is yes. But the long answer is it takes effort. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is um, you have to break it down. You need to strip the needles off of the branches and then the branches off of the the um the trunk. Yeah. And if you could cut down the trunk into smaller pieces, it'd be better. Basically, when you're composting, the smaller the pieces, the faster the process will take. So it won't compost overnight because nothing composts overnight. Nothing breaks down that fast. So it does take time. Um, Another misconception is people say don't put your Christmas tree into the compost because it can turn your compost acidic. And um, if you know anything about soil, there's... um, the pH needs to be right for things yeah. to grow in it. So people are like, oh, don't do that because it turns your compost acidic. But the truth is, is that the needles, pine needles are acidic, but only when they're green. And so if you let your Christmas tree properly dry out, once they those needles turn brown, they're no longer acidic and they are fine for your compost. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So that's why sometimes it's hard for things to grow under pine trees is because of their oh, needle droppings. Yeah, the needles drop and so then the all s- the grass dies mm-hmm. out. Yeah. That's why the soil's a little bit more acidic there. Things don't grow as well. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't grow things, it's just they don't grow as well. Right. It takes a little more effort. Mm-hmm. So you can compost your Christmas tree. It's a great alternative if you do get a live Christmas tree. Uh, if you have the space to compost it, I recommend doing that. I also recommend doing it. It's yeah. just the right thing to do. So I also have another alternative. You know, no plastic tree, no cut tree. 
The one option you could do is a potted Christmas tree. So what is a potted Christmas tree? It's also commonly known as a living Christmas tree. So it's just a tree that's in a nursery pot. So it's those they come in those black plastic pots. You basically during any other time of the year you would buy just this regular old tree and go and plant it. Mm-hmm. But you keep it as a Christmas tree in your house for the holidays. And there are a few things you have to do. Like, so it's so cold in the winter here that you can't have that Christmas, that tree that you're using as your Christmas tree in the, in your house for more than 10 days. It can shock it because our our houses are so much warmer than it is outside. It's such a different environment. Okay. So if you did want to do the potted living Christmas tree, it can only be in your house for a maximum of 10 days. And you also want to think about transitioning it in and out. So a few days before you want to bring it in, maybe bring it in from the outside to somewhere that's a little bit more warmer, like your garage. So it's not like a total shock going yeah. from outside to garage to inside. And then you would do the same transition when you want to take it back out. So I have five benefits of doing a potted tree instead of a cut Christmas tree. Can you cut down your own tree and put it in your own pot? No, because the tree is dead once you cut it down. Okay, so you can cut a tree put it in a pot and then put it back in the ground after the season correct so the- so once the tree is in the pot it's in the pot for as long as you can keep it alive because mm-hmm. the tree has its root system in the pot oh, okay so that's why it's still alive okay and once you cut a tree it's done okay like the roots might sprout another uh like starter but from the- where you cut it yeah but yeah. the tree itself is done oh that's unfortunate that's why when you get a, a fresh cut christmas tree you give it a fresh cut I'm sorry. That's why when you get a Christmas tree, you give, give it, it a, a fresh, fresh cut, cut yeah. so that it can reopen up the wound and soak up the water. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yep. So my uh, the first benefit of using a potted Christmas tree is that it can be any tree. So it doesn't have to be like a fir or a spruce. It could literally be any tree you want it to be. So your options open way up. Palm tree. Okay. That's it. Palm tree. So palm tree, Christmas tree. That'll be us next year. Okay. Because we can't have spruces or firs or Mm -hmm. pines so our second benefit of doing a potted christmas tree is that you can use this this uh christmas tree in your landscape after you're done Mm -hmm. so you could say oh i'm a lot of gardeners they like save up money for their bigger items to plant in their yard they're more expensive things well if you you get like double use out of it you get it as a christmas tree and then you get to put this beautiful tree in your yard as a centerpiece in your landscape well that's why i was asking about replanting it in the ground afterwards because some people don't necessarily like the look of the pot mm-hmm. in their landscape or on their grass mm-hmm. yeah you could just plant it right in or you can keep it in another container or whatever you'd but you like. said you couldn't plant it back in the ground you can't plant a tree once it's been cut Right, which is why I was asking. Yeah. Because people don't like it in the pot. They would want to put it back in the ground. Oh, okay. Got it. Not me personally. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I'm just for the for the millions of listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like the third benefit of the potted Christmas tree is that it's easily accessible. So you don't have to go to a nursery that specifically spells sells christmas trees you can go to any nursery mm-hmm. because most nurseries have potted trees pine tree nope i, I meant to say palm tree again <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah a pine yeah, tree yeah you're getting me over on the real christmas tree side <laughs> okay and then 
The fourth benefit is instead of cutting down a tree, you're planting a tree and that's good for the environment. Right. So it's a less waste thing. Right. And then the fifth benefit is that you learn the value of growing something. And that's a Christmas miracle. That's like Disney cheesy. I know. That's why it's the last one. (laughs) That should have been the first one. (laughs) Well, I think it's, to be honest, you say the value of a Christmas tree. Did you like before this, did you know that it took so long to grow it? Not until I met you and you told me. (laughs) Yeah. So like you have this tree in your house for what, 15, 20 days max, and then it's done with your life. But up to that point, it had been growing for like eight years. Mm -hmm. You know how much water it takes to do that? How many days of sunlight, you know, like so much work goes into growing a Christmas tree. And then we're just like, la di da di da So so much unnoticed or unappreciated. It's like the process of our food getting to our tables as well. Like there's so many steps. And when you do a potted Christmas tree, you kind of have a little bit more of an understanding of what goes into that. Well, most people don't realize that is that Christmas trees aren't just out in the wild being mm-hmm. chopped down for the season. They're grown on farms. Mm-hmm. They're like farmed resources. Yes. That people take time and care to make Families, sure. Families mostly. Properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Family. Local businesses. Exactly. Okay. I think that wraps up our Christmas tree segment. Did you learn anything? Did you? I did. I didn't know there's that many types of Christmas trees. I didn't either. I was I was really surprised, and I was surprised that they weren't all pine trees. Me to be too. Honest with you, right? I knew about the baby blue spruce, but yeah, I didn't. That's because I've been exposed. In to my it. mind, as a fake Christmas tree person, it's just Christmas trees are pine trees, mm-hmm. and I never knew any different. Mm-hmm. I also didn't know anything about the history of Christmas trees. Me and either. I, I was really shocked to learn about the candles. I know well. it's so scary to think that they like. You showed me a photo when you told me about it, and it 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 was legitimately scary. To see all those open flames on a tree mm-hmm. that could just go up and burn down an entire house. Mm-hmm. No more candles on the trees, though. No, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even turn on the fireplace. We're not putting candles on the tree. Okay. So the next plant I want to talk about is a Christmas classic. It's a point, poinsettia. I have no facts or knowledge about this. Do you know what they look like? Yes, because uh, we did... Uh, we used to like paint them, not like paint them, but like, yeah. um, it was like an art class project was to prepare poinsettias for our families for Christmas, Aww. like all through elementary school every year. Yeah. Yeah. So I know they're red. Mm-hmm. Um, they have something in the center that I can't quite picture right now. Okay. I think save that for later. Okay. And then like big. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but like big leaves all the way around, like yeah, a typical very flower. leafy green. It's yeah. a, a very dark emerald green. It's a really it's really beautiful. Well, yeah. isn't like the main part of it red? Yeah. And the, it has like leaves on the stem, mm-hmm. like green leaves on the stem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like the classic one is green and then red. But not that you know this, but a lot of growers have produced a lot of different colors now. Mm-hmm. So now we have yellows, greens and oranges and ah, pinks. Yeah, I would not have known that. I saw an orange one for the first time last week and I was like yelling in the nursery. I was like, look at this. It's so beautiful. And it's like, yeah. And now I call it the the Dorito one. Oh my God. Well, it was nice. Yeah. It was nice until I did that. (laughs) Until you called it the Dorito. (laughs) So poinsettias are native to Central America, specifically around Southern Mexico. 
uh, where all the good things come from, Mexico. Avocado. Yeah. Cilantro. Yep. Bananas. Bananas. Potatoes. No, wait, that's Peru. <laughs> I don't know if it was Peru, but it was, I think, Central or South America. Mm-hmm. So Aztecs used to use poinsettias to, uh, as a dye. Mm-hmm. The leaves would make a purpley colored dye, which oh. is kind of weird. Uh, and then the milky white sap that's in the inside of the stems and the leaves is used to treat fevers. Still? No, that, that that's what the Aztecs used oh, for. Oh, okay. I didn't know it had sap. Uh, well, the sap, it does have sap and it's part of the euphorbia family, which is, so it produces that like white milky sap. Oh yeah, we've talked about euphorbia yeah. on this show before. You know it. And so like, that's actually a skin irritant. Really? The sap? Yeah. So I was wondering how they used it to treat fevers. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get any further than that. I guess that's just one of those things that's lost to time. Mm-hmm. We'll probably never know. So in the 1700s, a man named Joel Robert Poinsett mm. was very European. Sounds like yeah, was um, traveling. He was in Mexico, but he lived in America, and uh, he loved the plant so much that he sent it back to America, and he started propagating it. Which means is like cutting off a piece and growing it to its own plant. Yeah, multiplying it. Yeah, and then sent it to friends and different botanical gardens across America. And that's kind of how it started its spread. So it got named after this white European settler. You know it. Even though it was a thing. Even though it was centuries before. Absolutely. So there is also a national poinsettia day. day. Yeah. It's December 12th. And oh my god, that's oh my tomorrow. God, that's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so that's tomorrow. Oh, if only uh, we were rele- releasing this tomorrow. I think that it all commemorates his death. So, yeah. I mean, what was the name? Joel. Joel Roberts Poinsett. Thanks, Joel. I guess. I guess. Happy Poinsettia Day. That's why it's called a Poinsettia, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But I wish it was like pre-named. Mm-hmm. You know, not named after this guy i know and there's hold on let me see i'm trying to see if i wrote down the botanical name it might have been too hard for me to pronounce oh yeah it's euphorbia polchima i don't recognize polchima is something like that but yeah so it does have a botanical name euphorbia uh there is a religious story behind it too and I'm totally going to butcher it when explaining it. Okay, but, well, I'd love to hear it. But it's the religious story of Pepita and Poinsettias. Um, so it's basically like this little girl, she she was going to church and she was gathering weeds up and she's everyone was laughing at her because that was the gift she was going to give to to God or to Jesus or whatever. Yeah. And so... <laughs> So she gathered all these weeds. Everyone was making fun of her. And she said the quote, even the most humble gift, if given with love, will be acceptable in his eyes. And so when she went to the altar with this handful of weeds, it miraculously turned into the poinsettias and obviously this beautiful red blooming flower. And everyone was amazed. And that's the story of Pepita and poinsettias. There's something about that story that seems so familiar, Mm -hmm. but I can't place it. Like, I feel like I've heard it before. A lot of this information I've got from the Phoenix Floral Shop website as well. Phoenix as in the city? Yeah, where I lived for 14 years. Yeah, no, I knew that. I, it's, I just was like, is Arizona the state? I couldn't it is. remember. Yeah, it is. 
But yeah, so there is this historical story behind it because poinsettias are that color comes around in that this time of the month. Mm -hmm. So that's why that it's used as the Christmas flower. And then there's the little bit of the history of how it kind of made its way across North America, but it originated in Central. Do you think yeah. red and green being Christmas colors comes from this plant? Or do you think that this plant is red and green and red and green existed as Christmas colors? So then it was then associated with Christmas. I don't think it's far-fetched to say that red and green came from the poinsettia. I don't think so either. I don't know the origin of it, though. Neither did I. It didn't occur to me to look it up either. You know, and red and green is kind of unusual because they're across the color wheel. So they're complementary colors, but they're not usually paired together outside of the holidays. I'm trying to think of examples. Like, even in my head, I know it's Christmas, and it looks fine around Christmas. But outside that, like, mm -hmm. it's not a great color combination. You don't see it in logos. You don't see it anywhere. And when you do see it, it's just like, oh, this is a Christmas thing. Yeah. And no we just associate those colors yeah, constantly. Okay. I have some tips for caring for a poinsettia in the Pacific Northwest. All right. Um, it hates the cold. Like this plant is a true tropical. So you want to keep it inside and away from drafts or intense heats. You don't want it next to the door or a window where it could get too cold, or you don't want it next to a heating vent or a fireplace where it gets too hot and causes the leaves to curl. Or keep it neutral. Yep. Loves bright, indirect light. Classic houseplant needs. Yep. Uh, what you want to water it periodically. I would I would give a guideline, but that really depends on how fast that soil dries out, and you don't want it to go bone dry. So you want to keep it moderately moist, but okay. not soggy. Um, if you do want to keep the poinsettia after the holidays as just a regular house plant, you want to fertilize it in spring and summer. When you water it, you don't want the plant to sit in like a puddle of water. And that's it. Basically, you treat it like a regular house plant. People usually treat it like a living bouquet and they throw it away after the holidays because who wants red and green in their house? Right. But, but it could be kept going. You can. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. And so originally the plant is mostly green. Mm hmm. To get that red color, the traditional red one, it needs 13 to 16 hours of darkness and eight hours of light to bring on the red color. And it's considered a photo periodic plant, meaning that the plant is affected by how much daylight it's getting. Right. Which makes sense for it to be a Christmas mm -hmm. plant when it's primarily dark out. So when the fall is coming, that's when it starts to get those periods of darkness. Yeah. And that's what brings on the color. Interesting. Yeah. Now now I'm really starting to believe that this is where the idea of red and green is Christmas color. Possibly. As these flowers just started appearing out of nowhere and people didn't know any better as to what mm -hmm. was causing it. So the plant is mildly toxic. I said before that like this that sap can irritate your skin mm -hmm. if you're sensitive. You do not want your your pets by it. Okay. It's kind of been tagged as like, oh, don't have poinsettias. Like it's so dangerous, but it's yeah. not like super dangerous. Yeah, I remember that. So you don't you don't necessarily want your cats eating it, but they probably won't die. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Because <laughs> my cats would eat it. I know. So what about the thing in the center that you told me to remember? Well, what would you call the red part of the plant? Well, I would have called it the leaves. It is the leaves. It's oh. not the bloom. Okay. I'm I'm realizing what I thought was leaves. I should have called the bloom. But we're gonna we're gonna stay. With leaves and say that I had it right and I knew the whole time. So most people, they think that the red part of the plant is the bloom, but those are just uh, modif a modified leaf. It's a bract. 
the real bloom of the poinsettia is those little center dots in the very dots middle. yes yeah. that's what they are yeah they're like little dots and they do open up a little bit but yeah they look just look like little tiny berries yeah so that was kind of like something really cool that i learned is that i always used to think that the red part was the bloom because that's mm-hmm. like the Same. center of attention yeah but they are just leaves and they're the modified leaf so there's the green leaves and then the bigger red leaves and then the small tiny mm-hmm. dot bloom. The reason they change color is because of the sunlight and then how it's not getting a lot of sunlight in the fall. But it also changes color to attract the pollinators to the center of the flower to the bloom part. Oh, okay. So it because of the color change they can see the pollinator can see where to go mm-hmm. to get to the bloom to um, pollinate. Do you know why only some of the leaves change to red and not all of them? Well, if all the leaves change to red, the pollinator would only see red. But if part of it changes to red, then they are only attracted to the red part. So then it's just one of those miracles of nature mm-hmm. that worked out exactly as it needed to. Mm-hmm. So like the plant, like the structure of a plant, it needs the leaves mm-hmm. and then the bracts and then the flower. And the flower is where pollination happens. Okay. And that's what I have for poinsettias. That was very informative. I think. Very thorough. The mo- well, it's so interesting to me because I sell a lot of them throughout the um the season. Yeah, throughout the season, and people just throw them away, and I just think that's sad. It is a little sad <laughs> that we treat it like a living bouquet, but that's okay. So the next thing I want to talk about, I have a beef with. It's mistletoe. It's, what? Okay. First of all, what? I, I hate mistletoe. Why do you hate mistletoe? I think it's the ugliest bitch on the planet. I. Don't believe that you think that. I do. Because I've seen you get excited over mistletoe. Oh, I get excited over fake mistletoe. Real mistletoe is ugly as hell. Okay. I'm going to look this up right now. Okay. Keep talking, though. Tell me about it. Tell me what's so, up. Mistletoe, it's uh, native to North America, but it's actually a broad family. When people say mistletoe, they can mean a lot of other things. It is an obligate hemiparasitic. It does not... That's kind. That's a nice photo of mistletoe. I mean, that looks pretty nice and natural to me. When it, when we but get I mistletoe think, I think for what sale, you're talking about is this. Yeah, this beehive-looking motherfucker. Yeah, it's stuck in a tree. So it's hemiparasitic, meaning that it cannot complete its life cycle without exploiting a host. So basically, it needs to steal nutrients to live. It's, so it's a parasite, basically. Um, it grows like a weed in the trees in the south. For some reason, we kiss under it. Any idea why? I don't know what the history of why we kiss under it is, but I hate it. <laughs> I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but I feel like we should have looked this up. So, it's like a counter talking point to the hate. Well, no, this is just, this is my agenda to make okay, other okay, people hate enough, mistletoe. Fuck mistletoe. Hashtag fuck mistletoe. We're going to get it going. <laughs> it's going to be popping on social media. Fuck mistletoe. <laughs> it's toxic. Okay. So it's parasitic. It's toxic. It's messy and it's ugly. <laughs> it's not fatal, but it could cause blurred, blurred vision, diarrhea, and vomiting. There are historical me- medicinal values to it. So um, it can narrow the blood vessels, causes bradycardia. Excuse me, what? <laughs> it causes bradycardia. What is that? Why, what, why is this thing named after me? I had to include it because your name was in it, but bradycardia means that you have a resting heart rate of 60 or less. That sounds positive. No, that's really low. Uh, I would say 60 is average. You think so? Yeah. I think that's really low. 
Should we look it up? We yeah, show we on should. Hold? Okay. Okay, we're back. We looked it up. Uh, there's a whole table here. I'm just going to read out the final entry, which is for everyone over 10 years of age. Mm-hmm. And the average or normal uh, resting heart rate is 60 to 100. See, 60 is lower. 60 is lower. I think you start having problems at 50-ish. I went down a whole rabbit hole looking at people who have like the world record for lowest. We were out the other day and mine was like hovering around 100, 110. I was like, damn, that's high. Like my heart's going to explode. Like, how do I get this shit down? <laughs> that's not relaxing to get your heart rate down. No, it's, it's it's so stressful when you realize that it could be elevated and then mm-hmm. you worry about it and then it just elevates even more. Mm-hmm. But now I know 60 to 100. I'm chilling. Okay. back on topic mistletoe so so historical mistletoe uh medicinal values used for narrowing the blood vessels bradycardia Mm -hmm. and it's a borft oh god i can't say it abortient i gotta look it up i'm sorry okay we're back on hold all right we're back it's an abortifacient that's what I meant That's to say. That's a hell of a word. Yeah. Do you know what it means? <laughs> no. It induces an abortion. You know what? You should have let me guess because okay. that's around where I would have guessed. Yeah. So it does have like it does have these historical things, but it's toxic and it's ugly and I don't <laughs> want to kiss you it? under it. That's not true. Nope. That's true. I'm taking a stand against mistletoe. Okay. So we're going downtown on Friday for a Christmas dinner. Yeah, and I want to see if it looks like mistletoe. And I know exactly where there is mistletoe hanging. And I'm just going to walk under it and see I bet what happens. 10 bucks. Okay, I'm betting you 10 bucks that it's just greens and it's not real mistletoe. I'm betting you 10 bucks that you're going to kiss me under it regardless of what it is. God damn it, you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Also, you're probably right. It's probably not real mistletoe. So we'll just cancel it. Even, like, even if it looks like fake mistletoe, I'll accept it, which is just like green leaves and white berries. Yeah, and like a red bow. But this is my war on mistletoe. I know. Hashtag fuck mistletoe. 2K19. <laughs> Look at your trending topics. <laughs> that's all I got for uh, holiday plans. Wow, that's a really aggressive way to end. I know. Well, plans. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew. How bad mistletoe is. Yeah. It's ugly and it's stupid and I hate it. And it's poisonous and it's toxic and it's just all around a bad guy. All right. Well, we'll stay away from mistletoe. Yeah. So since it's the end of the year... We wanted to recap our little project, little baby, our little treatment this moment. It's a little sign off for 2019. Yeah. Take a look at the year that was. And we're also going to set some goals for 2020 because I think we're going to keep doing this. I hope so. Yeah. We, we started 2019 with the idea that it might be fun to do a podcast together mm-hmm. and brainstormed ideas of what it could be about. Yeah. Um, and ended up with this kind of put together idea and format where we primarily teach Brady about plants, but last two episodes, I've been stepping up my research game a little bit. You've been impressing me. I've been, I've been getting some things done. Um, and we started out with the idea that, you know, we'll try it out and see how it goes. And if we like it, we'll keep doing it. And if we don't like it, well then at least we tried it. But Mm -hmm. I think our original goal was to try to hit 10 episodes and then evaluate how we felt about it. Okay. Uh, do you know what episode number this is? Is this six? Do you know 
So, no. Okay. It's episode seven. Is it? Okay. But we, we did two off-topic episodes. Okay. So this is our ninth release. Wow. So nine out of ten for something we weren't sure was going to stick, I'd say is pretty good. I feel so good right now. Like, we fell off a little bit in the second it's half so of the year. Hard. Because we put so much effort into the first half mm-hmm. of this where we were recording every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just so draining and we didn't really leave ourselves time to do anything else together. Yeah. Um, and kind of took a bit of a break, but have gotten back into it mm-hmm. towards the second half of the year. Um, and going into next year, uh, we had a bit of goals we wanted to hit. And I think a good one would be at least one episode a month. Okay. So 12 episodes for the year. 12 episodes for the year. Not limited to that. Like if we want to yeah. do every two weeks or every week or whatever, mm-hmm. like we can. But I think one a month is a good target to aim for. Yeah. What about you? Okay. I'm just going to, I have a few goals. Oh, you've got a whole list. I, you know it. You so <laughs> you know You come it. prepared. And none of my goals are ever going to be number based because I don't, I don't even know what our numbers are like. I know they're not like, wow, look at all this. But it, like, even if we had one person listen to one episode, that to me is amazing. I truly don't check the statistics. The only time I look at them is when I upload a new episode and it's mm-hmm. because I have to see them to get to that part of the process so i don't know what the actual numbers are but i know roughly how many mm-hmm. how many individual people are out there interested in the podcast mm-hmm. uh, but that was never what was yeah, driving it's, it's, our desire to do this this is more of a thing to create a way to learn and a good way to spend time together yeah it's a lot so of fun none of my goals are like number based at all but i would like to base more of our episodes on books i want to read which is hard because I'm bad at reading in a timely manner. But I think I would like to know more about a topic before I jump in and talk to people about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Because I come into most of these episodes not knowing anything mm-hmm. about what we're talking about. And like the first few episodes, if you go back and listen, I don't really say a whole lot because I just didn't know yeah. anything. And it made me feel kind of crappy about what I was contributing, which is why in these last few particularly I've made or we've together have tried to make more of an effort to do this as a pair. So I'm going to read some more books next year. Specifically, I really want to read this book about ocean plants. And that's why and I want to have a podcast about ocean plants. Is that the one I bought for you? Possibly. I can't remember. Uh, we're going to have a oh. bitch and segment on kelp. Yes. Let me tell you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't get me started on algae. <laughs> Freaking seaweed. Okay. And then one of my, another one, another, oh, another goal hey, I have. Hey, do you have another goal? I do. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, I want to post more about it. I feel like. That's what uh, I wrote down. I sometimes I not, not that like I feel uncomfortable. I don't really post a lot on social media, but mm-hmm. I think I would like, to, I want to become more comfortable with being like, Hey, look, this is something I worked on and I put it out and I would like you to listen if you want to. So I want to try to post more about it and become more comfortable. About yeah, it. I retweet the episodes when they come out, but I don't really talk about yeah. it. And like the what I wrote down as my goal was to just like grow the Twitter account mm-hmm. because right now it's just posts when there's new episodes. Yeah. But we've posted a couple of plant related facts mm-hmm. on there and I feel like we could do that more. Yeah. Or like maybe engaging with other nature or scientific accounts or mm-hmm. news or stuff that comes up that could be shared. And, um, you know, it's funny earlier this year, I, I tweeted as like, it literally just said no hashtags or anything. I was like, 
I need new podcast recommendations. And that tweet got over 150 replies and, and people being like, hey, check us out. And I did check them out. So maybe we could step out a little bit like that. Maybe we could like do a Twitter search for people looking for podcast recommendations. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, we've got a podcast. It's kind of cool. Or like someone asking a question online about plants and be like, well, maybe we have an episode for you about it. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, My third goal is to make more of a structure. Yeah. I think it would be easier on us. Yeah. I think this is the first episode where we tried to have a structure mm-hmm. um, and we didn't follow it. <laughs> That's okay. We we started talking. You're like, oh, give me the list of those trees. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was me. <laughs> yeah. I just get excited. That's okay. And that that's fun. Like it's it's still fun and we still get through all our content. Yeah. So I think I would benefit or we would both benefit. The podcast would benefit Everyone from us benefit. having a structure. Okay. And my last one is. <laughs> is this like Disney cheesy again? No, it's ballsy. I don't think I don't know if we'll be able to make it happen. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I want to go to South by Southwest and go to all of their podcast seminars or go see a live podcast showing, or go to a PodCon. Okay. Um, it's out in the world. I just said it. I've been to live podcast recordings, mm-hmm. and I think so I. we should go because they're a lot of fun, mm-hmm. uh, but we could also learn a lot. Mm-hmm. I would also love to go to South by Southwest. They have a whole podcast section. Now. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just know it's like the the, the cool hipster conference. Yeah, well, it's like music. It's a or not conference. Sorry, it's like a festival type thing. It's it is, and they have all these seminars, and they bring in people who have successful podcasts, and they talk about different topics and things like that. We could do up some merch to give out. <laughs> Listen to our podcast. We have seven episodes. <laughs> Everybody starts somewhere. Exactly. Also nine. Oh, I'm sorry. Count we have topics. really cool stickers. We so. do have really cool stickers. I want to print more. I know. We should put the name on it. Just like following one of the trees. All right. I'll, I'll start designing. When we start handing out stickers. Okay. Okay. But yeah, those are my goals for our podcast next year. I I feel like 2020 is just going to be amazing. And I feel like we could really make something like awesome and substantial if we both put it, like if we worked on it together. I agree. And also, it would be cool if we could make money off of this. Yeah, but again, not that's not like goal, it's not something that's like, driving this. Yeah, you know, it would be cool to eventually get there. Yeah, but if we never make a dollar of it out of it, but we still have fun doing it, then mm-hmm. that's that's a win. Yeah, it is. Okay, those are my goals. Do you have any other goals? Uh, the only other one I would think of, uh, beyond um making sure we record consistently and trying to grow the Twitter, would be maybe having. I know the show is called Tremendous, but non-plant related episodes. Okay, like more off topic. Yeah. So I was thinking like if we do one plant related one a month, then maybe we could do like a low key off topic one a month as well. That where we don't cool. necessarily have to do a bunch of research or yeah. a bunch of structure or format, but just like sit down and talk and see what mm-hmm. see what we come up with. We can have our first off topic when we go to Edmonton in a few weeks. Uh, well, wink wink. Well I'll have my people call your people. We'll okay. talk about this. Sounds good. <laughs> Looking forward to the emails. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Goodbye, 2019, I guess. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really Uh, appreciate it. Have a wonderful holiday, and we'll see you next year. Bye. Bye.